It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you so you can make better financial decisions in your life. I hope you've signed up for our free newsletters at clark.com slash newsletter. Our newsletter subscription base keeps growing and growing and growing because, well, it's the right price. It's free. And I got to tell you something. I talk a lot about what goes on with subscription services and how easy to sign up, hard to dump them. If you find our free newsletters aren't useful to you, we make it just as easy for you to kick them to the curb and no longer subscribe as it was before when you were subscribed. So either way, you should be good. The best part is you'll learn a lot of great stuff. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about return policies to start off. And if you've got holiday gifts that you receive that you really don't want, I need to tell you this year is different than any prior year post-Christmas. And later, I want to tell you I'm really impressed with something that a large company has done recently to help its employees become savvy savers. It's really wonderful. And I'm going to share it with you coming up later. So retailers are singing the blues. They actually had a significantly better Christmas season than they feared, even better than they had hoped for. I mean, Christmas ended up going well for retailers. But retailers are just distressed at the rate of returns that they have. The return rate is, for a lot of retailers, in the mid to high teens. And the cost of those returns, gigantic. So this year, you may experience a curveball returning things you received at Christmas time. You know, normally you have a very generous and easy return window and policy to return items. In the past, you did. But this year, not the same. You're going to find that a lot of retailers, if you don't get it done this week, this week, getting items returned, they may say, sorry, too late. Because a lot of retailers are cutting off returns as soon as this Sunday. So be aware of that and get those things back. And the great news, you get a credit for what the gift giver originally paid. And we're now in the cycle at the point in January where everything is so heavily marked down that they were stuck with. And stores are really empty now. Those long lines for returns at a physical location They're gone or mostly gone now. So this is a sweet spot week. But next week could be sour because you may have missed the deadline that a lot of retailers have imposed this year. I never remember the return window closing before January 31st. But this year is different. Uh, Second thing, the other shock is a lot of retailers with online purchases are going to charge you a fee to return the items unless you do it exactly as they want. As an example, with physical stores that both sell online and in physical stores, 
if you want to send back.com and send it back, UPS, FedEx, whatever, they're going to charge you a fee at many retailers to do that. But if you go in and return it, you won't pay a fee. You're going to see this with Amazon, with some of the items that you may have received as a gift from Amazon, that if you don't return the way they want, could be at a Whole Foods, also known as Whole Paycheck, or something like that, and you want it sent back via an Amazon driver, you may pay a fee for that. So you want to pay attention to that, both the deadlines and the procedure you need to follow to not pay those fees. One other thing that you're going to see more and more of through 24, you know, there's all this buzz about artificial intelligence, AI this, AI that, AI the other. Retailers have been able to figure out that in regular shopping over the course of the year, not gift giving and not holiday, that most returns are from a tiny percent of that retailer's shoppers. And so there's various strategies they're going to use using AI, particularly online sellers, where people who return a lot may see higher prices than people who don't and that sort of thing. And you may be targeted by a retailer as somebody they don't want to do business with. And so this is something that is going to be a new experience. You may think, hey, I shop with them all the time. I'm an absolute primo shopper with them. They should be kissing me. But actually, they're not happy to have you because the cost of the returns that you may generate for them. Krista? All right, we'll go to questions. This one came in from Daniel in North Carolina. Sometimes when I use my city double cash card at checkout, it pops up an option to pay with thank you points. It costs 2,500 points for $20 of the transaction. That's a bad deal because if you redeem the points online, those 2,500 points are worth $25. This week I was in a hurry and thought I was approving the credit card transaction, but I actually approved spending the points. I wanted to warn your listeners about this sneaky design. I've since transferred all of my points directly to my bank account, so I won't be tricked again. Daniel, you know, we've had so many things that people have shared with us about how ridiculously complicated Citibank has made double cash. Double cash used to be just a very, very easy card to use. And now Citibank, and I call this the curse of the MBAs, they have managed to take this clear, great card and gum it up. So you have homework to do to make sure you squeeze out the full 2% value from the Citibank double cash card. And that's why I've noticed that in reviews like we review cards and other sites that review cards, the double cash is still a recommended card, but has actually moved down the list because of the curse of the MBAs who thought they were so smart trying to figure out, I mean, is it really worth it for them to cheat you out of $5? Is it really worth it to create that level of distrust as hard as it is to get trust from a customer. So, no, I just hope that somebody at Citibank hears this and is in a position to simplify how double cash works so it becomes, again, absolutely a great card to have. It's still a good card if you jump through all the hoops and don't get burned. 
but you shouldn't have to do all that. Okay, this is from Neil in Colorado. I'm in a little bit of a predicament. A gym that I've been going to for a couple of years offered one-year membership at a discounted rate. Hoping to save some money, I signed up. After six months, the gym announced they would be closing in 30 days during month seven. They sent out an email that they would be refunding the prorated difference. Great, I thought. In the email, they said to hang tight, that it could take some time to process the refunds, and if there was any questions to respond to that email. Three months have gone by and nothing. I have responded to that email a number of times with no response. There's no phone number to contact anymore since they've closed. I've tried reaching out to the other gyms in the same name, but they say they can't help due to the fact that they are all individually owned. Additionally, I reached out to my credit card company to try to dispute the charge, but they're saying it's past the 180-day window and I can't dispute it. I'm not sure if I could press them a little more. Do you have any suggestions? So first of all, I'm really puzzled what the credit card company meant by a 180-day window. The window is 60 days, generally, when there's a failure to receive goods and services. And this thing with the gyms, Neil, has been a problem for my entire career where people will pay upfront one, two, or three years, and then the gym ceases to exist. Now, you're in Colorado, and I don't know the laws concerning gyms in Colorado, but uh, almost, if not every state in the country, has laws specifically concerning gyms and what happens when a gym closes and all the rest. So you should find the Colorado Consumer Affairs Agency. Don't know exactly what it's called, but you can find that. They'll be familiar, almost certainly, with the closure of this gym And they may be able to tell you what remedy is available to you, if any. Many times when a gym closes, there's really no assets. And any money prepaid is lost unless there's some state system of reserves or bonding or something like that. And that's what you have to find out from Colorado. The parent company of this franchise is the one that has a reputation and a name they have to protect. And if you've not reached out to the parent company to see if they can give you like some complimentary months at another of their franchise locations, that would be a way for them to protect their reputation as a brand name. And I'd love to hear back from you if the state is able to help you or if the parent company of this franchise does anything to help you. Lots of stories of gyms closing recently, and I've seen bridal store stories on the news that they've closed and left people in alert. So yeah, month to month at a gym for sure. (laughs) Right. I'm a big fan of no contract gyms that you pay month to month. Okay, this is from Dennis in Florida. I received an electronic deposit in my primary checking account for $1,000 in late December. It is identified as APA Trez 310 miscellaneous pay, then followed by a series of numbers, 15 digits. Do you have any idea what this is? It looks like it's government issued, but I can't find anything. So uh, IRS TRES 310 is an ACH direct deposit, either a refund or a stimulus payment from a return you filed, an amendment to a return you filed, or a tax adjustment. So 310 is the code for the IRS that identifies that it's a refund from a filed tax return done as a direct deposit. So it's not a scam. It's actually money that the government decided 
you were owed. So uh, a late Christmas gift, right? Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, what you're talking about next is actually it was late December. Yeah. So it was a late Christmas (laughs) gift. Speaking of that, how about a major corporation giving a gift with strings that I love to its employees? I'm going to fill you in. It's inspiration for other companies to help out their employees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So many companies have been talking about the disruptions that they have in their workforce from financial emergencies that happen to the employees. And not that long ago, I talked about how many people end up doing emergency borrowing from a 401k or withdrawals from an IRA because of an oops that happens in their lives. Overwhelmingly, people don't have a rainy day fund, rainy day account, even if they know they should. I mean, it's one of those uh, things that are like, well, I know I should do this or the other, but it just never seems to happen for most people. So I'm so impressed with what Delta Airlines is doing. Delta offered its employees $1,000. Some people get less depending on certain Uh, employment status circumstances, but a thousand bucks if they'll go through a personal finance education program. The thousand dollars goes into an emergency savings account, but you have to complete the educational program. Well, roughly a third of all Delta employees in the United States did so. 33,000 people so far, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, have signed up for the emergency savings fund. But remember, they only get the money if they go through the personal finance course. It's a great carrot with a great reward at the end because what you learn in a personal finance course may help you with your overall financial health or should if you aren't sleeping in the course. It will actually help. And I love the whole carrot. Because if you just said, hey, we're offering free personal finance courses, people aren't really going to sign up, right? But you offer the incentive, how'd you like $1,000 for doing this? And you may find as even though it's available to employers now under federal law, very few are doing it yet. But an employer is allowed through basically the 401k vehicle to have money go into 
an emergency account for you separate from the money in your 401k. Don't know if that's the provision Delta is using for this, but it is a new benefit that employers can offer because it eliminates absenteeism, distraction at work, maybe reduces the number of collection calls an employee may be getting during his or her shift. This is true enlightened self-interest. And I love that this is something that a very large American corporation thought, we got to do something about this, and came up with the right carrot that attracted such a large percent of their workforce. And I think any time you can have an opportunity to teach what most people never have learned in life, I mean, it's just not taught, except at a small number of high schools in a small number of states, is it a required curriculum that's like a really beefy curriculum to teach personal finance. Otherwise, we just send people out in the world not knowing. And I'm so glad that there's this magic elixir. Hey, how'd you like a thousand bucks? And that thousand brought people into the tent and into the educational system about personal finance. I love it. That wouldn't work with our team because we are, everybody's already. Most of the people on our team are smarter about money than I am. (laughs) They are. They're they're pretty amazing. Our writers at Clark.com, amazing. Truly, and wonderful people. Really, I feel lucky to work with everybody. Elijah in Texas says, I have $60,000 in student loans and $18,000 owed on a car. I am currently paying $1,300 in rent and utilities, but my parents have offered for me to move into their place for a nominal rent. I make around $58,000 a year. I can afford everything as is, but moving back would allow me to save up faster. Should I continue to live on my own or should I take the opportunity to save up money faster? That all depends on you. If you were to use that 1300 every month that you move back home with your parents, if you were to use that specifically towards either paying down on the student loan debt or building up savings or some combination of it, if the 1300 every single month was going into those purposes and not being siphoned off into other things, if you treated it as an expense moving forward in a different way, just like it's been paying rent, there'd be enormous benefit to you. I mean, you're talking about, gosh, what is that? It's 15600 a year going directly towards building up savings or paying down debt or a split of those two. And the impact in your life would be great. You just got to know your own personality, Elijah. Would you truly do that with the 1300 or would it kind of go into the ether if the answer is you would truly use that money month after month to wipe out debt and build up reserve then go for it bill in illinois says clark you mentioned that you and your wife bought a 499 dollar king size mattress and it's the best mattress you ever bought what brand and firmness is it we are looking for a king size mattress and it has been a pain Yeah, it is a confusing thing. And right now we're in the midst of what's known as the paradox of choice. There are so many mattress manufacturers, a lot truthfully that aren't doing that well. 
And so it's just overwhelming, the styles and the, the brands and all that. Okay, so let me cut straight to the chase. You get one guess, one only, where our mattress would have come from. You want to take a stab at this, Krista? Um, you know I know. It's Costco. <laughs> because Costco, you buy a mattress, just like most everything in the building, and you don't like it, they give you your money back. And there's not a limit on that. Electronics have a 90-day limit, but something like a mattress, and they can't even resell it. They just have to dispose of it. But how do you get them back when they come in a box? That's a great question. If you got to go rent a truck <laughs> to take it back, you do that because the cost of the mattress. So we paid $4.99 on sale for a Nova form, and it's on sale right now. It is the Nova form 14-inch Comfort Grand Advanced Gel Memory Foam Mattress. It's one of those that comes compressed in a box like 90% of mattresses do now. And so you can buy it at the warehouse, $120 discount right now on King. If you buy it online, I think it's $100 more online than in the warehouse, something like that. It's $579 buying it online at Costco.com. All these mattresses are designed to fit. Do you know what car that was the whole idea when Casper came up with this idea? No. That it has to be able to fit in the back seat of a Honda Civic. That oh. was the whole idea of these compressed mattresses. So you can have just about any vehicle and you can tote it home from Costco. And I think I could be off 20 bucks, but I think the king in the store is either 479 or 499 something like that. And it's on sale through what date? January 21st. So you got just a little window here to get the Nova form. As to what it is in terms of firmness, I don't know. It's just great. <laughs> That's all I, at least for me. But if it's not for you and you say, Clark, you're an idiot. That's the worst mattress I've ever tried in my life. No Costco is going to give you your money back. Brent in Texas says, hey, Clark, I may be moving out of town two hours away for work. I don't want to move or sell my current house, so I'm planning on purchasing an RV trailer and will live in it during the work week. What kind of insurance would I need for the RV that will be lived in 52 weeks of the year? Yeah, great question. Auto insurers generally sell policies to cover RV, travel trailers, RVs, and so just call whoever you have your auto insurance with and tell them you're buying one and don't get into the whole thing, how it's going to be parked, you know, 52 weeks at this one place, unless that comes up as a question. What is covered generally is damage to the RV, if stuff's stolen out of the RV while you're at work or whatever, any injury that happens to someone in your RV, that's the kind of stuff that's covered by an RV policy from an auto insurer. So that one should not be hard to buy. And um, sorry, you're having to move out of town for, gosh, a whole year? Two years. Uh, two, two years? Oh, no, no, two, two hours, hours away. away for a year or more. That is a burden, but at least it's only two hours away. Could be worse, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I hope that your auto insurer is one that participates in insuring your RV, and you'll be good. 
And I want to thank you so much for listening today. And I want to tell you something I'm covering tomorrow that we can tell from the questions coming in. People are totally befuddled right now about buying CDs and what's going on in the CD market. And I'm going to explain that for you tomorrow. And remember what we're about here. Save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. Have a great rest of your day.